Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. How we doing? <laughs> I'm glad that you are here with us. I am, I am starting a series called, um, called something. It's about Nehemiah. That's what's in my head right now. We just came off of this stage of doing worship called Nehemiah. I am going to uh, give you kind of like a soft opening today, but I think even in the soft opening, it's going to be amazing. We are going to study the effects of something on Canadian society, and I'm going to get to it eventually, but you got to come back next week where I'll hit you a little bit harder just for being in Canada. Uh, It's going to be amazing. We're going to be studying the life of Nehemiah. It's a series called Invincible. Invincible. Have you ever felt invisible? If we get this thing right, you will move from being invisible or feeling invisible to being invincible. But I need the whole series. I need a little bit of time to warm you up. Mm, I will. I need a little time. You can't make me preach it all right now. The solution you're looking for is likely not a solution, but rather a person. The solution you're looking for is likely not a solution in the way that you're thinking of it. It is likely a person. We live in a day where we hope that the words on paper or the words on a screen can change us. That's not really what changes us. Not really. It it can, but there's something that we're missing in all of this. The the solution you're looking for in your marriage is, is not a solution, really. That's why we don't find it, because we spend all of our time looking for a solution, but what we really need to be looking for is a person. <laughs> no, if you're married, you're like, I, I'm thinking about looking for another person. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're looking for a solution in your parenting. You're not getting other kids. That will not save. That, will not, that is not a solution. Can I hear an amen? No, no, no. You're looking for a solution, but you spend all your time looking for a solution but what you're not looking for is a person. The, the, the solution comes in the form of a person. So the words that you see, you're looking for freedom in your finances. You're in debt and you go to Financial Freedom Small Group. At, we have small groups for all sorts of things here. We're starting one up about marriage here in a couple of weeks. But You're, you're looking for a solution. But see, you go to a Financial Freedom Small Group and you want to learn. It's, it's not the information that gives you the solution. You go to a Financial Freedom thing because... Because Dave Ramsey can see everything from up here, and you, you, you jump on board with, not the solution, not words on paper, not, not math theories, you, you jump in on, so you read books, uh, words in a book, and, and I, I get tired of, of this, I, I read a lot of business books, but a lot of business books are written by consultants now who have never actually had to do what it is that they're writing about doing. So there's words on paper, but that doesn't really, sh- you know what shifts you? Somebody who who has an anointing to actually do it. We spend all of our time looking for a solution, but but we shouldn't be looking for a solution. We should should be looking rather for a person. The, The person that we need to be looking for is a Nehemiah. You'll find Nehemiahs, there aren't many of them per capita, but you will find them. You will find them uh, in, in church culture, I mean, that should make sense. There are less of them there than there should be, but you will find them there. You will find them in business. You will find them as coaches sometimes. You will find them uh, in government sometimes, not all the time. 
Can I say an amen, Angela? Is Angela? But there are Nehemiahs in government, but, but what we need to be looking for is a Nehemiah. In, in this sermon I've called Finding a Nehemiah, this, uh, this sermon is going to be a disaster, by the way. But it is going to impact you, I think, like maybe nothing else has in, in your life up to this point here. Why do some things come so easily to you? I know it's easy to look at somebody else's gift, but see, when, when, when you were born, God, God made you good at something. Now, you might not have developed that gift, or you may have had that gift stepped on. You, you might not know, or you may have spent your entire life like we do, jealous of everybody else's gift. But God made you, and he put you here, and you, you're something special, and there's something special inside of you. Why is it that that thing, you think about that, some people are just so kind, like, like my wife, um, it's, her, it's her birthday today, and Neva's birthday today. She's teaching the kids right now, she's, she's looking after the kids, which is probably her birthday present. She loves teaching your kids, and that's awesome. It would be a not birthday present for me to have to look after your children. We'd have fun, but we'd, we'd lose them. I wouldn't know where they were. See, Erin has this thing, when you meet Erin, there's just this thing about her, this emotional simpatico or something, that you just know that she's on your team. She can do something in 10 seconds that I could live to be 100 and never do. You're, you don't know what to do now. You, yeah, you're right, Erin's very good at you. <laughs> you don't know what to do. You know, if you're allowed to do something, you know, like, I, I know that. I know. There's something that you bring to the world. There's something that you bring to your family. You bring to your workplace. You bring to the world that's special. Why does that come so easily for you? Some of you were born with something that you can just do. Now, you should develop that, but I could live to be 100 and never do what you do so well. That is God's gift to you. And when people use God's gift to them, and they use it only for themselves, you can be successful. But John Maxwell says that success is adding value to you, just to, to me. It's like when I use my gift to add value to me, that is called success. We see a lot of success out there, but in Canada, that's, that's what we put up there as the highest thing. Like, let me be successful. What we really mean is, let me use my gifts for me so that I get everything that I want. But significance, Maxwell says, is when we add value to others. And once you taste that, you can't go back to success the way that it was anymore. And in NXT here, which we, we run every week, there's three parts where we're trying to teach you a little bit about the venue church, so your next steps, but we also teach you about you. And we say you will never find your significance until you help somebody else find theirs. There's this gift that you have. Why does it come so easily for you? And then why, when you try to cross over into somebody else's gift, does it come so hard? See, the solution you're looking for in your current issue, in your current problem, you're looking for a solution, but you're not looking for the solution where God put it, in a person. When you find the person, you find the solution. You have a gift. I have a gift. I have a gift uh, called awkward. <laughs> See? I was preaching for a friend of mine, and, and one of his team, uh, one of his director's team said, Pastor Corey, he has a gift of awkward. <laughs> she said, uh, he can take the awkward out of an awkward situation. Uh, that's God's gift. That's, that's my gift to you. You come in, and it's awkward. I can take the awkward right out of that. And then she said, and he, um, and he takes a perfectly normal situation and makes it awkward. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> a gift of awkward. A gift of awkward. You have a gift. Hopefully he's not the gift of awkward. 
We, um, we buried Sushi, our goldfish, last week, and I told the story last week, although uh, the video froze, so we missed it there, but you can listen to it, listen to it on the podcast, and, um, and the gift of awkward. So we have this moment where I needed to unlock Neela a little bit. She was sad because the goldfish, this is seven hours later, the goldfish, so we had this goldfish funeral, this procession to, to the flusher, and we played Amazing Grace in the bagpipes. But what I didn't tell you last week was as... As I was turning the corner with a cup uh, of sushi, as I was turning the corner into the bathroom with Amazing Grace playing on the bagpipes and, and moving, as I turned the corner, I just couldn't help it. I looked in the cup and I went, it's alive! And the kids all started screaming. And I'm like, no, I'm just kidding, it's not alive. And they, no, 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 this is going to be sick. It's a gift of awkward. It was an awkward moment. Neela was still sad. It, it has horribly backfired on me in the past, but this time it just hit everything right. All the chords were, it was the hallelujah chords, and everybody laughed at just the right time. And it took the awkward out of it, and it was closure, and now we remember Sushi for all the joy that he brought us, and not the sadness of his leaving. It's a gift of awkward. Neela's birthday is on the same day as Aaron's birthday, and somebody asked me that years ago, and I'm like, they're like, well, what day's Neela's birthday? And I'm like, I got four girls, I... I was trying, and neither happened to be beside me, and she's like, you don't know? I'm like, you know, guys, there's this danger sense. It's like a spidey sense, you know, it's this danger sense. We were just like, I feel like I did something, but I'm not sure what. And she's like, you really don't remember when her birthday is? I'm like, no, I don't remember. She goes, it's the same day as my birthday, and then out of my mouth, this is one of those backfire moments, I said, where was I? The gift of, of awkward. That doesn't tie into anything. I just thought it would make you laugh. The only thing that can get you unstuck, the only thing that can keep you unstuck in your life is a Nehemiah. If you find Nehemiah, you will get unstuck and you will stay unstuck. It is the only thing. Sooner or later, the older you get, once you get into your 30s, you'll start realizing, like, wow, I'm stuck. And my gifting will not get me unstuck in this particular area of my life. Some of you are stuck in career. Some of you are stuck in your emotions. Some of you are stuck in your brains and it's all weird and dark and black in there. You need a Nehemiah to get you unstuck and to keep you unstuck. Your gift is good, but your gift will not carry you through the rest of your life. It's just good for a couple or three things. But that's why God has given you the gift of people. But what we say is like you have everything inside of yourself and self-help and you can be everything and you can be. Okay, that is a lion society that does not work. God gave you people so that you could come in and add your gift to the gift mix. And in this gift mix is where you find fulfillment and where you help and where you bring your gift and you're not just using it for you, you're using it to help people and they use it to help you. The solution you're looking for is likely not a solution, it's a person. A Nehemiah is a lightning rod gifted by God. A Nehemiah in your life in a particular area, he or she will see what you don't see. They'll look at your situation. You've been looking at it for 30 years, but they see something that you don't see in it. They hear things that you don't hear. They get upset as you study the book of Nehemiah. They get upset by things that you're not upset by. That's why you're stuck. And they won't get upset by things that currently upset you. Your emotions in your mind, they're, they're incredibly distracting. And you will get upset by all the wrong things. But, but the Nehemiah in your life 
that Nehemiah will, will see through from a 30,000 foot, they will somehow see, like Dave Ramsey sees finances, even some of the things that he suggests to do don't make fiscal sense, but they work. Why is that? Because God anointed a person to have an anointing to understand how the whole thing works. And when you go and you apply the principles, you're not just applying the principles like they're words on paper because information transfer never saved anything. Yeah. And we in the church have been guilty of information transfer as if information transfer saves a soul. It does not. Relationship is what saves a soul. Relationship with Jesus. Information is okay, but see, there's knowledge, but knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes you proud. The more you know, you ever talk to somebody who's been to too much schooling? I talk to these guys all the time. They know. They come and preach to the preacher. If you catch me in the lobby and preach to me, just keep in mind, I'm the preacher. I got it. I'm proud of God. Am I allowed to say that? See, these young 20-somethings, they want to come and preach to me something that's my trade, something that I've been at for a long time, something that, that I don't just know about, I've learned about. Things that I just don't, don't just know about, I actually have a result in. And if you want a result in your life, you're going to have to go to somebody who has a gift from God who can get you that result. Oh, that's good preaching. Corey, that's good preaching. See, a Nehemiah will see a pattern emerging in your life before you ever see it. In fact, you've been staring at it for 10 years and you still will not be able to see that. But a Nehemiah in your life will come in and in one second they'll be like, okay, no, distraction, distraction. I think that. And if you jump on board with their gift, you can get unlocked. You are, and this is going to hurt your feelings, completely predictable to the devil. He's seen millions of you. Oh, but I'm special. Mm. You're special in the eyes of God, but it's like my kids are special to me. They're just special because they're my kids, and I just love them, and my heart is full of love to them. But it's, to me, I can't look at them and say, yes, you're unique, and there's, there's an element of that, but there are millions of people who think like you and talk like you and have the same sort of emotions that you have and see the world the way that you'd see it. And, and we have become predictable to the devil. And so if you don't believe in, in God or the devil and you're coming here, first of all, do you watch the news? The devil on the news. I'm just going to assume that you haven't really thought about it. But I believe that if there's a devil, there's a God who, who loves me in much greater and is pure and holy and wants the best for me and he wants the best for you. But, but you are predictable. The devil can set temptation in your path that he knows you'll, you'll, you'll take. So how does God combat that? Because the devil has watched millions and millions of people coming. There's 8 billion of you out there. Humans. Maybe you're not like all of them, but you're like a lot of them. They're, they're, he has watched this pattern go on and on and on. He has destroyed mankind's hopes and dreams for a long time. But there is something that God has put in place here. I believe it's the only thing really that gets us completely unstuck as a society. How well society does is how well it connects to its lightning rods. And its lightning rods are its Nehemiahs. Now, now catch this, now catch this. When God subs a Nehemiah onto the court, a Nehemiah is like a Steph Curry. You can guard him, but he's going to go inside and score. He's going to score from half if he needs to. He's just going to light it up. And Do we know? Canadians, do you not watch basketball? A Lionel Messi. I don't watch hockey. And again, like, I don't know. He subs somebody into your life that's incredible. That is unguardable by the devil. That's what, yeah. 
with something and a gift and a talent level that's just so much above that. Now, they're really good at only a few things, but you've got to get that person into your situation at just the right time. You sub them in when the game is on the line. And they are unstoppable to the devil. The devil can't stop a gift of God that he's given to a person. I'm going to go through this and kind of, we're going to introduce Nehemiah here in a moment, but Nehemiah will help you once you find your Nehemiah. Nehemiah will help you learn how to deal with fear. We run from fear. We run from it. And Nehemiah will show you how to use fear as motivation. You think David never experienced fear when he went after Goliath? No, 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 no. He used it as motivation. Who's your... I, was, I had this whole sermon preached. First of all, I was going to preach about Adam and Eve, and so that's why this looks like the way that it does with uh, fig leaves and stuff like that. Sorry, creative team. That's on me. And then they're like, hey, but you never bothered to tell us. And I'm like, yes, I did. I sent an email, and then I looked, and I couldn't find an email that I sent. So I was going to preach about Adam and Eve. Then I was going to be like, you need to find your Goliath, that thing in the world that bothers you, which is kind of true. And then you're here to fix that thing in the world. Then I realized, no, 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 no. Finding Goliath won't give you significance. Finding your David will. Finding your Nehemiah will bring significance. Finding your Nehemiah will bring the solution to your problems, to your Goliaths. He will help you deal with, she will help you deal with fear, using fear as a motivation. So that you learn how to step out in courage when you feel afraid until the courage meets you. And Nehemiah will show you your place on the wall. That is something in Canada that we think we can do for ourselves, but we cannot. It says even of the church that God sets the members in the body. Yes. Well, no wonder you don't feel fulfilled in your life because, you're, first of all, you might not come to church enough, but then you might not have gone through NXT and found your place here. But when you find your place in the body and you're here helping people according to the gift of God in you, you get up every morning and you're like, I know why I'm here. Oh, I got a nine to five that, you know, it's okay. It pays the bills, but I'm here. I know why I'm here. I bring value to people. I, I add value to people. Every place I, I can add this thing to the lives of people. And a Nehemiah in your life will help you find your place. And some of you, I mean, something like 80% of people never find their gift and, and never know why they're here. And I don't want that to be you. Online audience, watching from the safety of your home, in the cold, in Airdrie, get your butt to church. We'll help you find your place. Don't cut that. I thought that was funny. And a Nehemiah in your life will help you build something great in spite of. I'm going to preach about the enemies that came against him and the challenges that he had. And you know what he says to his enemies one time? He's like, guys, I don't even have a time to talk to you right now. I'm too busy building a wall over here. Maybe you don't. Maybe you missed the memo. There's something just unshakable about a Nehemiah. They're on mission, and they don't care if the whole world comes against them. There's not a, a devil in hell that can get them off of their mission. And when you have somebody like that on your team, and somebody like that, you, you sub them in at the right moment in your life, they will teach you how to build in spite of. What's wrecking your game plan right now? Nehemiah chapter 1. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, cupbearer to the king. Israel had been, had been exiled to another land. So the situation they were in was not ideal, and yet he finds himself in a career that's actually good. He drives a car that you probably wish that you could drive. And See, he has in his current situation success. But one conversation makes him realize how hollow success and personal success is. How, how hollow his gift without being used for what it was really here to be used for. How hollow it all is. 
in late autumn in the month of Kislev in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. I'm going to show you that the Nehemiah that God has already sent you, that you probably already know, though you may or may not have pursued a relationship with them, though you may or may not have put yourself in the way of their blessing, in the way of their gift, I'm going to show you how Nehemiah's life progresses. So everything is okay until one day. See, Ezra had, had, I believe it was Ezra, had taken a group back and there had been a bit of a spiritual revival, but what they were missing now, you're going to see how bad it, it is for the people So that had happened, but it was incomplete. And now Nehemiah hears one sermon that changes everything. He hears one conversation, and this is the the progress of Nehemiah. See, your gift can only be unwrapped in great pain. If it's not, you'll use it and think that it's for you. And any Nehemiah that comes into your life, you have to understand and respect that they have experienced great pain to be able to offer their gift to you. It costs them a lot to do. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. 800 miles away this happens and his heart is no longer here in Susa. His heart is now in Jerusalem. And that is what happens to any, any Nehemiah worthy of the call is that that thing happens and all of a sudden every success that you have right now doesn't mean anything because now emotionally you are with the state of the worst of your people. You are with the state of those in the lowest place. You are in the state of those who are suffering the most. And he sat down and wept. It should be, it should be noted here that you have to sit down before you can stand up. You have to sit down in the middle of it and feel it. For four months, he sits down in the middle of this thing, and it just gets under his fingernails. There's a reason that Venue Church looks the way that it does, because for years I worked in industry, and every year something got under my fingernails. The people of my country can live and die without a thought of God, without knowing the love of Jesus, without even knowing their need for a Savior. And there are many churches, but I would suggest that this one here might help those types of people who grew up outside of faith and outside of religion and outside of it all, who would come in here and not agree with everything, but there would be something here that would draw them here. Some form of hope and reality and truth that they've been looking for their whole lives, they just didn't know where to look for it. A church that isn't all about the people already here. Like Welcome to Venue Church, it's a little about you, but not all that much. It's a lot about the people who aren't here yet, the the yous out there that we're investing in. Then I said, Nehemiah goes on, "O, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess, watch what he does, that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. Your, your Nehemiah is connected and invested in you. He has, she has taken responsibility for your state, whether or not it was their personal fault. What a gift of God. They are somehow invested. They somehow care enough to help you. Why would they do that? They have success. No, no, no. 
It's not, it's not enough. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations you gave us through your servant Moses. Another Nehemiah. Another Nehemiah that said to Pharaoh, let my people go, God says, that they may come and serve me, that they may come and sacrifice to me. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if, but if, this is when you take God's words and his promise and return them to God and you mediate for somebody else. If you return to me, you, you said, Dad, like you promised, if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, even if you're way out here, way past your design and you're so confused and you're, so this is what we do. We get out past our design that God made us to be like and then we try to tell God out here, like, tell me that this is how you made me and God's like, you're not even happy. You want me to tell you that you're happy when you're not happy? You're not, no, 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 no. This Nehemiah will get you back to the way that God designed you. Even if you are exiled, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued, God, by your great and uh, great power and strong hand are your servants, O Lord. Please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayer of those who of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today. Listen, by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Chapter 2. Early the following spring. I think some of you have a gift that you haven't taken four months to unwrap yet. Because you don't want to feel pain for four months. (laughs) (laughs) Or four years. Or four decades. Or however long it takes. Four months later, this thing has been stewing inside of him. The, The state of his people has just been working him up and he's upset and he's not going to get over it because he got good and upset during the 20th year of king artaxerxes reign i was serving the king his wine i had never before appeared sad in his presence so the king asked me why are you looking so sad you don't look sick to me you must be deeply troubled now this is not if you work in a school going in and the principal says you look sad this is a king who's in whose presence you are not allowed to be sad in you don't know how things worked back then. So, The king had enough pressure without his cupbearers looking sad. So if you came into his presence looking sad, he could remove you from the earth or remove your head from your body. Or he could... So affected was Nehemiah by this that even in fear of his own life, it just... He was so obsessed with solving this... His people's... It just didn't matter. I was terrified, he said, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? Watch what he says here. Somebody in your life will go to bat for you and already has. For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire and you are the government that is hurting my people. And there's something of this where he's like, and this is your responsibility too. You're the king of all this land. There's something in a Nehemiah that for fear of their own life will not stop until their people are set free. There is a short life expectancy to Nehemiah's. If it be only stress. I think of Martin Luther King. I think of Abraham Lincoln. I think of the Nehemiah's in society that have shifted and changed. Oh, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach to Canadian society. We got this crabs in a bucket thing going on here. Like who died and made you boss? Who died and made you boss? Who died and made you boss? Say that to my mom one time. She'll be like, you. You're going to die. Two-year-old Corey. 
Oh. This crabs in a bucket thing, and I'm going to preach right into Canadian society here. Do you know why we lack significance? Because we've spent our whole lifetimes trying to be nice and forgot that we were here to save people. Forgot that we were here as a nation to save nations. Forgot that we were that our significance will never be significance until we give our success away to help somebody else. Nice. Jesus came to be nice. No, he came to lay his life down and save you. That wasn't nice. Oh, it was kind, but it didn't feel nice at the time. When you have that confrontation with Jesus about the problem of your sin, because a holy God has no connection with unholy you, and there's a confrontation, it doesn't feel nice, but it could save. It's the kindest thing. Sometimes a rebuke to your child is the kindest thing that you can do. Nice. The king asked, well, I'm a little shocked. But with the favor of God, Nehemiahs have have favor with people that you'll never have favor with. But their gift becomes your gift. Watch, watch, watch. None of the people he's going to go save have any idea that this is happening right now. How can I help you with a prayer to the God of heaven? Like, oh God, what have I done? If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, watch the boldness. on. It is an anointing of God that he has sent somebody that has a boldness and a connection that you will never have because that's their gift. And he's like, okay, well, that's not enough. If it please the king, let letters be addressed to the governors of the provinces west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I'll need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. And when I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, has sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. When Steph Curry is taking a shot, man, you can try to block it. It doesn't matter. He'll just go back 15 more feet and hit that same shot on you. Devil can't stop it. But when Sanballat, the, the Horonites, and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival. They were very displeased that someone had had come to help the people of Israel. Not not that a solution had happened, but they were very displeased that a someone came. When I was um when I was twenty three, God did something that didn't agree with my theology, which He often does. Theology is what you believe about God, and I didn't believe that, that. I don't know why, if I had this North American sort of thing going on where I thought that Jesus came to make me happy. Ha ha ha. gift of awkward, y'all forgot about that. He applied a massive amount of pressure to me for a period of about seven months where I didn't sleep much, and it was like a kind of a madness would just fall on me. And it was not for sin that I had committed, and it wasn't. I wasn't for that, but 
he, uh, he was teaching me something that I didn't know yet, and I should have known because I grew up in the family that, that knew, but I didn't know for myself. And, and so what, what God did to me was he, he showed me that it wasn't enough to be talented and gifted, and it wasn't enough to be a Christ follower, and no, he wasn't going to give me everything that I needed for my life. Well, the only thing that I came out of that whole period, and it was just a nightmare period right before we got married, and I came out of that period, and when I looked back, all I could think of that changed was that I loved... Um, my dad was my Nehemiah. My dad was my pastor. My dad's still my pastor. Now my dad, my dad's an interesting guy. He's not great at marketing. He doesn't sit in on the creative team meetings and say like, guys, the concept is all wrong. Guys, you got all this wrong. But see, my, my personality, I, I know this now, and it's taken a long time to unwind this and get this right, but my personality is, it's good in a, in a sprint. I'm an intuitive. Like, I can find a way through it. I can get, I can, I got this risk-taking thing inside of me. I, but God needed to get something else inside of me that wasn't in my personality and wasn't in me yet. And when I think about my father, I think, now there's a guy, now this will sound funny if you don't know him, now there's a guy who's hard to kill. Like if you put him on a treadmill and tell him if you get off, somebody's soul is going to suffer, you would have to kill him and drag him off of that thing because he's not getting off that treadmill. And God's gift to me was, was in the form of, and it can be in the form of a man or a woman, in that God needed to get that thing inside of me because there was going to be so much pain coming in my life and so much pain coming in my family. Some of you know the story. So much pain coming to us that if I and my personality, because my personality's like, whoa, if I'm not winning, I'm out. I'll go to the next town, Airdrie, if you don't want it. I'm going to go where it's fun, where it's a party. But God needed to make me somebody who couldn't quit. God needed to put something inside of me that doesn't quit and you'd have to kill to get off the treadmill. And when I realized what God had done in that period of time was that I started looking at my Nehemiah and then I started seeing, there's not many of them out there, but I started seeing, okay, okay, okay. I realized finally that God will never give me some things directly. He's already given them to me in the form of a person. Now, I believe that God anoints Nehemiahs, and I believe that God anoints them in government, and anoints them in business, and anoints them over, over cities. And I believe that, that Canada, we've gotten so much wrong because here we are taking our cues, but not from spiritual leaders, not from the spiritual Nehemiahs, but we are taking them from... Can I talk politics? I mean, Angela, I'm just... Man, we need people who do what's right whether they get reelected or not. That they do what's right because it's the right thing to do. That they have a conviction inside that doesn't care if they get reelected and is not trying to pander something, but they're pandering. They are giving you the truth straight out. And you don't have to ask them 400 questions to get at the meat of the thing. And if you screw something up, then say you did like we teach our children. And there are these Nehemiahs that God has anointed and gifted and blessed. And if we do not respect that place. You will stay stuck as a society. You will stay stuck in your family. You will stay stuck in your marriage. But God has already sent you somebody that can get you unstuck. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would surrender the ball to the Steph Curry that you've given us. 
The clock is running out on some of our situations here, Father, and this uh, message series is timely and crucial for us. We have to surrender the ball when the clock is running down and give it to the, the person, the man or the woman that you have anointed in our lives to. Show us a way through our marriage and show us a way through together because somebody has a result that we desperately need and you have given them a gift that sees right into our situation. And, and I pray that you would help us surrender our pride to heaven today and actually go, if we want to win, Father, we have to go to the person that you have already given us as a gift. The, the pain they've experienced has been incredible to give this gift to us, Father, but it's only our pride that's standing in the way that we, we think that they should come to us. But Father, we're the ones who have to go to them. And I pray, Father, this week that every one of us would find our Nehemiah. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.